This is the Dancepreneuring Studio Podcast, session number 183, The Bridge from Broken to Breakthrough. Hello there, and welcome to session number 183 of the Dancepreneuring Studio Podcast. I'm Annette Bone, and the Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business. I get the joy and the privilege of sharing my journey back into the dance world after a super long hiatus, the lessons I've learned, the transformation I've experienced, and the wonderful creatives I've met along the way who also share their stories, their ideas, strategies, and tactics to help move your life and your business forward. Excited to bring you this interview with Joey Cooper of Twisted Elegance, Boogies on Utopia, JanFam The Movement. I've had Joey on the show twice, I believe. And wow, this one was after his presentation at the Brave and Fearless workshop, which I was completely blown away, totally unexpected how he did everything he did at the workshop. It was truly an experience. But before we get into that, I want to invite you to go to my homepage of my website, AnnetteBone.com, A-N-N-E-T-T-B-O-N-E.com. And if you go into the middle section, there is an area and it says the one question that makes all the difference. You can get my free simple audio recording that tells you how one question, yes, one question can overcome overwhelm, confusion, and disappointment. So I invite you to go ahead and get that free resource. It's on my homepage, AnnetteBone.com. And I am so excited to bring you this conversation with Joey Cooper. Let's go ahead and get into, wow, our conversation. I'm saying wow a lot because it really was a wow moment. There were wow moments throughout the whole thing. And wow, in terms of, wow, that's cool. And wow, as in, oh my goodness, that is intense. So Anyway, here is my conversation with Joey Cooper. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, this is Junior, creative director and founder of Jam Fan the Movement. Please join us September 29th in Los Angeles for our Velvet Rope 20th anniversary workshop with Tina Landon, Rob Vincent, and Teresa Espinosa. For more information, please visit our website at www.jamfanmovement.com. Now that you're warmed up, get ready to go full out with our feature presentation. I came across these two quotes by Shannon L. Alder that reminded me of the workshop that Joey Cooper presented at the Brave and Fearless workshop series a few months ago. Super excited to share our conversation that happened right after his presentation And I say presentation lightly because it was more of an experience and Joey taking us back through his world from beginning to current day. And wow, one of the best experiences that I've been through and so many things that I didn't know that I was really glad to learn and made a lot of sense. So these two quotes by Shannon L. Alder, you'll see, you'll hear as we go through our conversation, how these relate to what Joey has gone through. Number one, vulnerability gives us freedom, power and connects us to a network of injured souls. It is through the art of being real that we can heal ourselves and others. Quote number two, sensitive people care when the world doesn't because we understand waiting to be rescued and no one shows up. We have rescued ourselves so many times that we have become self taught 
in the art of compassion for those forgotten. Joey talked about how he feels so deeply for people that have been hurt. And it's because of the traumatic experiences that he so generously shared and was so vulnerable, opening up areas of his life that I know he doesn't (laughs) all the time, it just doesn't do that. So I'm really thankful that he was able to articulate so well, all of his experiences and give people hope and inspire people and just take us through this amazing journey. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this conversation that happened after Joey's experience, the Joey Cooper experience at the Brave and Fearless Workshop. Here we go. I feel like I have to catch my breath. I feel like I have to sit back in my thoughts because I just experienced one of the most amazing workshops that I've ever been to, thanks to Joey Cooper, dancer, choreographer, educator. I found out a lot of things, actually. He's a lot of things, was a lot of things. And um, wow, I just, I'm speechless in a way, but in a good way, because there's so much to process from this workshop. And if you have not been to Brave and Fearless, oh my gosh, you have to come to the next one. After speaker number one last month, Renee Harris, who I've had on the show, and now Joey Cooper, who I've had on the show as well. But oh my gosh, this was not just a workshop. This was an experience. Seriously, an experience like no other. And I'm not joking. (laughs) I am not joking with this. You know, I'm looking at my notes. You know, I take notes when um, I'm about to interview someone or I take notes before, you know, a lot of times I do this online, but I'm finding that I really like this spontaneous live event, like kind of what we did at JanFam the Movement, which was enjoyable. But um, oh my gosh, I there's so much I was just telling Joey that he hit what he went through, this could be a series of episodes, seriously, like a series, each thing he went through warrants a specific episode into a whole series. And so I'm, I'm hinting to him that he needs to do this. <laughs> you don't have to hint to me. I am fine to do whatever is going to be great and helpful. So I'm on board. Yes. Okay. Awesome. So, oh my gosh. So we're sitting in uh, one of the studios at Boogie Zone Utopia and Joey has put together this amazing exhibit of his life that I'll link in the show notes, pictures and memorabilia and things that are so impactful. And unfortunately, a lot of it was not in such a good way. And Joey totally opened up his life and things that I didn't know, things that I know a lot of these people did not know. And um, you brought up things that I could relate to and you brought up things that I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't even imagine even going through that. But I think you touched every single person that was in this room in one way or another, whether they went through it or not. I really appreciate your honesty and the way that you encouraged everybody and how engaging you were. And so this really was an experience. It was so interactive. Once I walked into the room, I thought, oh my gosh, wow. The thing is, you know what, Joey? I wasn't surprised, but I didn't expect this for this workshop in particular, which was an incredible surprise. So can you talk about what your thoughts are now after going through all this. So, well, let me give you kind of a, a context on this for the people listening is that Joey went through, this is in a nutshell, and you just have to be here. You seriously just had to be here to experience this, that he went through different periods of his life and had different memorabilia and 
items that represented, I mean, these are things that were an actual part of his life at certain periods, period of time in his life. And he had music and he had uh, a story for each one, very impactful, dramatic, some more positive than others. But throughout, there was something very, very impactful. And so um, you talked about throughout all this about just with all the trauma you experienced of not wanting to be seen and not wanting to get in the way. So how do you reconcile, if that's a word, with that, with being a dancer and, a, you know, what it, what it is being a dancer, you're out there, come watch me, come look at me, look how great I am kind of thing too. I don't want to be seen. I, I love dance. I love expression. I love creating choreography. But how do you reconcile that with, well, I don't want to be seen or dance is about being seen. What would you say about that? Um, for me, when I <clears throat> think about my job as a dancer, the reason why I can still say I don't want to be seen is because I want to be whatever the story of the music is. You don't need to see Joey Cooper for that. You need to see whatever the role has called for. So I can still say that. Um, and I actually take pride in you not seeing me necessarily. The only show where people have ever seen me for the first time was when I did my show Truth or Dare. And I had to, to talk about myself with a number that I presented. That was probably the only first and only time I've ever been that honest. And that was about my suicide attempt. So when I think about dance and creatives, um, especially when it comes to performing, I believe the most important thing we can do is tap into being the character that pieces require, because those are the things that draw the audience in and allows them to ask questions about themselves, their lives, their circumstances. And I always realize you're doing the best thing when you're being a service to other people and being someone else aside from just being myself allows me to do that. Hooray. <laughs> so Joey, one of the things uh, you mentioned is that you went through law school, which I had no idea that you went through law school. Do you think you would revisit some aspect of law? Because I feel like, you know, in hearing your story that you're very much about being the voice, being the example, being the inspiration and encouragement for injustice, whether it's the way someone's treated, the way that, you know, something is supposed to be. What would you say about that, you know, with your law experience? It's interesting. I was telling Renee that, oh my God, goodness, things are, they make sense now. They make total sense. What would you say about that? No, I couldn't go back into law now because I'd have to go to way too much school. I don't have that kind of patience right now, <laughs> to be completely honest. But I am a, a social advocate and I do believe I'm going to transition into that space with what I plan to do creatively. Like I would love, so if you're out there listening, anybody connected to this organization, I would love to work with the GLAD organization. Anything that targets working with the youth, kids from developmental ages of five through 18, there's an alarming statistic from when I was working on my project Spark. It's an animated, um, film and a novel that I've been working on for uh, quite some time. But kids um, ages 8 through 17 have a suicide rate of 76% that are gay, that fall under the LGBTQ umbrella. And that number is still growing because of where we find ourselves in social media and, and bullying. So I would love to work in an organization that allows me to help those kinds of people. And even, of course, you don't have to be gay for me to help you, obviously. But I do feel a large obligation 
to help other people. Part of that is based on my zodiac sign. I'm an Aquarius. Uh, we feel empathy for people. So my, my need to want to be of service to other people is rooted in that I want things to be fair. I want things to be equal. Um, or it's, I'm sorry. I feel things should be fair. I feel things should be equal and whatever I can do to, to, help those things, you know, be brought to the forefront. That's what I would like to do. I probably would have been a great lawyer. That's what all of my college professors said. I mean, when I got those three offers and I had to shoot them down, my college professor was like, oh, oh. But I mean, the cool part of it though is I'm, it still served me because I, when the legal things came to my house for my roommates, I could tell them what they were looking at and what they were going to do and what they weren't going to do and blah, 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 blah. So, and even when it comes to doing things with Boogie Zone, my sense of intelligence for understanding the way things work has really been helpful for things around here. So I always feel best in a assistance capacity, helping someone do something that they don't quite know how to do. I'm not perfect, but I mean, that's how I feel most useful. I can definitely vouch for that with uh, taking choreography from you because you have a way of empowering your students that, yeah, I'm going to go fast and I'm going to ask for detail and I'm going to make you work, but you can do it. And I absolutely love that. I wish all teachers were like that, that, that took the time. But you know what I found fascinating, Joey, is when you talked about watching Janet's videos and watching Rhythm Nation all those times every day after school, which I had no idea that you did it that much. <laughs> That um, when you said, oh, I'm going to try it, and it turned out that you knew. And so that was the impetus of, oh, I can do this. And then that developed. And so what was the next video after that that you, that you got really excited about? Was it Janet's or someone, uh, someone else's? First of all, they were always Janet's videos after Rhythm Nation. I just began to do this thing. I, I would catalog all the videos. I would find one, watch it a couple of times, and add it to the repertoire. I'm going to give everyone a little secret about how I learned all this Janet Jackson choreography so well and so fast. I used to be able to watch, and I still can if I really set my mind to it. After the Rhythm Nation album, by the time I got to the Janet album, I used to be able to watch videos three times, and I'd have everything. But what I would do is I would watch the video, and I would only watch their feet. And then I'd watch the video a second time, and I'd only watch for their arms. And then I'd watch the video the third and last time to look upper body altogether. And then when I would practice, I knew where everything was supposed to go was because I took the time to just learn what the footwork was and then what the arm work was and then what everything looked like altogether. And like I said, I, I and that would amaze people. I remember when the video for, what was it, Doesn't Really Matter? No, it was the performance. It was the VMA performance for Doesn't Really Matter from 2001. And it came on TV that night. I had it the next day. Because I, I watched it that night and then I watched it later on the next day and just like that. Like because my mind was so ready for it in that way. So anybody who wants to know how I mastered all of this Janet choreography through time, that was my trick. That's how I did it. I think that's a good trick, period, for learning choreography. I did not know that you did it that way. I'm 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 gonna keep that in remembrance for me because I'm always looking for ways to better retain choreography. So also Oh my goodness, Joy. I felt like as you were going through your story, I'm like, oh my gosh, I identify with that. Oh my goodness, we have this in common. Oh my goodness, he felt this way. I felt that way too. Like I said, I think you identified with 
everybody in some aspect with your story that were that was in the audience. Oh, I wanted to ask you about your UPW experience. I did not know that you went. I went for the first time last year and it was intense. It was I don't really like big events like that and I was almost going to back out, but I thought okay, there's a reason I'm going. There's a reason it's working out that I'm going because it's not it's not cheap to go. It's not cheap to go. And um, did you walk through the fire? Did they have the fire coals at that time? I actually came because I was at a job that had just started. I was working for Target. And when my friend Tina Park, God bless her, I love her to death. When she got my ticket, I got to come the second day to be there for day two and day three. And I got sick on day three. Everything I needed to learn Oddly enough, I learned in day two. So I didn't get to do the fire coal walking bit. Everybody said that was really powerful. But doing Unleash the Power Within was the first, that was the the precipice of starting to become more self-aware that I needed to look more at what happened to me and make the conscious decision to say, okay, no more of letting that be what drives you. You have to sever that connection and start realizing what to do now and going forward and how to find a way to let people back into your life. You know, I talked a lot about telling myself at the age of 16, all right, since I've had to grow up so fast, I'm not going to let anybody parent to me anymore. I don't go to, I would, when I had problems, I didn't go to my mom or my dad about them. I solved them on my own. And so even as I became an adult years later, when I would have problems, I wouldn't tell anybody I was having problems. I would just solve them on my own. But what I didn't realize how it was coming off to other people was that I was, people felt I was such a hermit or such a, he's so offstandish. But I always felt like it's my responsibility to fix this for myself because no one's going to fix it for me. Mom's not going to do it for me. Dad's not going to do it for me. So this is the only way. So doing Unleash the Power Within was the first place and the first piece I got for taking the journey to to be more self-aware and to reconcile with my my past, basically. Speaking of that, I loved how you talked about with uh, UPW and then you talking about your experience with Landmark about um, as you've gotten older and experienced all these things about triggers. And that's something that I've had to watch myself where I'm more aware of it now. It used to just, like you said, you just react. You'd have these triggers and you just spark this reaction without you even thinking and stepping back like, Oh, observing it for what it is. And it's been a huge, like you said, we're not perfect, but it's been a huge tool to be able to say, okay, like the example you had given, I dropped, you dropped something and, but you dropped it, but the, the whole story behind it, that could be so different. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? I loved how you talked about that. So when I, I, when I've done Landmark, I did the first course or second course in their SCLP, um, which is, um, I'm, oh my God, I'm so bad for forgetting the acronym. But that was probably the most moving of the three courses. But um, they teach you, it's the study of ontology, the study of being. So in the course, they teach you to distinguish what we call what physically happens and the story you build around what happens. Because basically what that allows you to do with the story you have is it allows you to behave a certain kind of way after that point. So Annette slapped my hand. That's all that physically happened. But the story was, Annette saw me yesterday and she didn't like what I was wearing. And she was like, Ooh, I'm gonna get even with you. Next time I see you, I'm gonna slap your head. And then she slapped my head and now we beef it. So in Landmark, you learned the extraction process. You learn how to extrapolate what really is going on. And then now what are you responsible for? Because you understood what happened. All that happened was 
Annette slapped my hand. I am now responsible for however I choose to behave with Annette thereafter. So am I going to choose to make her wrong about it? Am I going to choose to have a conversation to figure out why was that her action? Why did she need to do that versus having a conversation? So it really opened my mind up to productive dialogues and again, being more accountable for the way I feel and the things I say. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the greatest tools I ever got. I mean, learning to distinguish just something that happens and what you choose to make it mean thereafter. Yeah, I love that because you can make things so much more than they are or not give importance to things that require that or call for that. Like what you're talking about being in a relationship that you're learning, okay, I need to communicate this way. And this just because you've, it's a, it's another learning process for you. And you're allowing yourself, which years ago you didn't because of all the trauma you experienced, you're allowing yourself to go through that, to learn, to adjust. And then like, you're probably finding triggers as well as that on that and thinking, okay, this is what it is. And this is the story and all that kind of stuff. So it's really interesting learning about all this. And I don't know if it comes with age too, well, experience and age where you can kind of step back and go, whoa wait a minute, <laughs> I either I made this to be whatever, or, wow, you know, I didn't appreciate this. I didn't take this for granted. And like what you're talking about with your family, like how you realize, you know, f- f- this is what family is about, like you talking to your mom. I loved when you said you, you talk to your mom twice a day. And what you say to her, can you talk about that? <laughs> First of all, my mom, I adore my mother because my mother has always said she and I are a lot alike. And, I, and it is very true. We're, we, we're both people who feel very deeply for other people. And I will say the most outlandish things to my mom because I've gotten so much more in tune with my sense of humor as it relates to how I know it makes someone feel. And sometimes somebody needs a good laugh or they need some kind of escape. So I tell my mom all sorts of outlandish stuff. She'll call me. I'll be like, how'd you get this number? What are you calling here for? We're fresh out of that. We, no, no, he's not here. And we're not, we're not taking any messages. Ma'am, ma'am, don't argue with me. I'm going to get your supervisor. And she just, she, just, she just laughs at everything that I say. And she'll, Shut up, boy, and talk to me. So, I mean, and, and I always ask her, like, you know, mom, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Those are the two questions I ask her every single time we talk. How do you feel? And I let her answer. And then, have you taken your sugar today? She has diabetes. And have you eaten? You know, so I'm, I'm we're just very much in tune with one another. And I've always thought about that. If anyone has ever truly loved me in my entire life, I know it's my mother. That's probably one of the most beautiful things. And even the relationship that I have with my father, even though it's more of a distant relationship, even now after all the years that the things I endured from him and the things I learned from our relationship, even though I've chosen to love him from afar, you know, I still care about what happens to him. I still want good things for him. Um, and I definitely want to want to know that he's doing well. And that may not require my immediate presence. And I've made peace with that. You know what I mean? I went so many years without the physical presence of him, you know? And it's not like, oh, you're not, what you don't know about, you're not missing. I don't mean that. But I mean, I've grown as much as I'm going to grow without the necessity that the role of a father had, had maybe had, would have been for years ago. And at that point, because I recognize that and I forgive him for being gone, you know, the best thing I can do right now is just want good things for him and continue to support whatever road he chooses to take. And if that means we're going to become closer than we are, you know, so be it. I'm definitely open to it. You brought up two things as well regarding your relationship with family and the importance of it is uh, the importance of forgiveness. 
And then also throughout all this, what you said at the end was very impactful about surviving life versus living life. You want to talk about those two things as well? Sure. Forgiveness is one of those things you have to really understand its purpose. You don't forgive just to get over something. Forgiving someone is also providing an opportunity to forgive yourself because you also participated in something that happened that even needs to make it necessary for forgiveness at all. So it's just as much for you as it is for them. And I had mentioned as well, I live by a very specific mindset. Do I want to be happy or do I want to be right? And it may not always require me to be, you know, being right could cause me to have to fight with somebody because I have to assert why I was right. Is that really worth my time and energy? Probably not. You know, there's an argument I can completely let go of and it doesn't serve me. And then when it comes to being happy, you can be happy and be right um, if you're acting from a place that you want to help another person. Not dominate or control what they do, but provide them something that allows them to decide. Another thing I, I've, I say is very key, allowing other people to be happy with the choice they've made. That also allows for forgiveness because you have no control over that. And then from the opposite end, learning to live life and learning to survive life. A lot of us make choices in life that let us survive it, like coping mechanisms, certain things that you do unconsciously and certain things that you do consciously just to get through your day or your month or whatever. And so I had to make a decision for myself to say, I'm not going to continue surviving life. I want to, I want to live life. I want to participate in it. I want to enjoy it. I had a joke with Renee a couple of uh, months back. It was hashtag no more struggling by 38. So I'm about to turn 38 and that hashtag is about to be some real shit. So when you start seeing that pop up versus Joy Cooper fixes your life, I'm not joking. So that, that's just an, an important thing to realize, you know, surviving your life. It's like accepting that you're hanging on to a cliff and you're going to accept that without trying to pull yourself up. You know, living your life is making that choice. Do what you know you need to do to stop hanging on that cliff and then get up and walk and go wherever else you need to go. I love that. Oh my gosh. Great stuff. Like I said, if you weren't at the workshop, you totally missed out. I mean, this is good stuff, but oh my goodness, at the workshop, whoo, <laughs> that's all I can say. I want to close with this. When you were on my show before, originally, we talked about your uh, episode on the imposter syndrome. We, we, you didn't even go into half of what you went through tonight. But um, to keep things a little bit on the lighter side, my standard question about dance style that is currently describing your day it's going to be different after this workshop. So what is the dance style that is currently describing this evening after this amazing workshop and why? I would have to say contemporary because I've always enjoyed seeing the inventiveness, the imaginativeness of the choreography. It can be abstract. And no matter what it is, it's open to interpretation, which means it can work for anybody. And I think as that dance style could describe living my life now, my life is open to my own interpretation. I get to decide every single day what I'm going to do. I actually have on my in my house something new. I put up a dry erase board with goals for the day, goals for the week, and then I have a column that says, what do you want to acknowledge yourself for completing? So that way I can keep myself on track that you know sometimes things will work out, sometimes things won't. But the best thing we can do is acknowledge that we're moving ourselves progressively forward every single day. And if I'm, I have another one on my front door that tells me and my housemates how I feel. Like, you know, if it's just another way to open up communication, but I, I'm trying to be more responsible with 
how I behave because of all the changes that I've been through uh, fairly recently. And again, contemporary is kind of that kind of way. It's it's open to impact by movement and design. And I love that. I love that too. And I love how you explain that, which is why, well, I love contemporary dance. I love all kinds of styles of dance, except for, well, Irish clogging. I haven't quite gotten into or country line dancing. So no offense if you like those styles. <laughs> to end here, can you talk about, well, first thing is the whole nature, purpose, mission of the Brave and Fearless Workshop. And that was obviously very apparent through your story and just the message too of one of the many important messages of doing things even in the face of fear. You shared an amazing quote from Nelson Mandela. It was very obvious the steps you had to take through each period of your life of breaking through that despite what was going on, you had to make it work. You had no choice. And I remember telling Renee um, what this quote that reminded me of her from was Bob Marley, the reggae. Yeah, yeah, about how she had no choice but to be strong. And I felt I feel the same way with you, Joey, you had no choice, you either was sink or swim. So can you talk about a little bit about that? And then also, I would love for you to put in a plug for the next brave and fearless workshop and just everything, you know, whatever you want to end with on there. Sure. The quote that Annette is talking about. Um, and it says, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man or woman is not he, she who does not feel afraid, but whom conquers it. So brave and fearless as a workshop series is designed for dancers or dance enthusiasts or, or anybody really. Um, because when we come to the studio, we, we focus so much on dance steps and the body, you know, kinsonology and all that kind of stuff. Right. But where do we go or where can we go to get another kind of fulfillment and another kind of training um, that deals with how we live life? And so that's the purpose of the workshop series, bringing in different people that have lived incredible lives up to wherever they are um, and that have something of value to share that can help you make some kind of active choice in your own life to try something different that you haven't already. And every single workshop is designed around a particular key word. So mine was fearless. Renee's was brave. So obviously the title, brave and fearless. And then you have all the other words that make up everything else. I'd go over all of them. I can't remember. Don't judge me. We know we'll have another one in October and hopefully December should be pretty solid as well. But I mean, the idea is just to give everybody something. And when we look around the room that I had, just to touch on that before I get out of here, I didn't know what I was going to do with my topic. I knew I was going to create the stations that I did, but I knew I was going to do everything else that I put up. And it really, really allowed me to tune in to those different things that I discussed because all these different pieces of memorabilia, it's funny to call them memorabilia because it's my life, but I see all the different Joeys that I've been through time and all of the things it took for that particular Joey to get to the next space and the next step. And like I said before earlier, I cried the first 10 minutes after Renee and I got done setting up the room because it was really emotionally overwhelming because to see different parts of my life near other parts there's a 2017 display next to a 2003 display. And to think I've come so far from that mindset, so on and so on and so on, and things that were pervasive. I had comic books all over the floor. I called it the comic book road. But comic books were a, are a thing that followed me through my entire life because they were stories I could escape into. And all of the Janet paraphernalia that was you know, proliferating the room and just choosing things that really tied me 
to the life that I had and what I could share, knowing that someone else coming in here probably knew about some of these things. And people walk in the room and they're reading, they're like, ooh, comic books, what? And you know, oh my God. So it was cool to be able to provide that space for someone. So every workshop is different. Renee's was incredible. So she set a really high bar. So, you know, you just take the baton and, you know, kick it up a notch and just, you know, give people something that's going to be worth their time. Well, it was definitely worth everybody's time and more. I'm so thankful that I came and I'm so thankful to be here at this moment talking with you. And it's such a gift to be able to learn from you, not only dance, but your wisdom and you openly sharing so much of yourself when, you know, you didn't have to, you didn't have to do this, Joey. And you did this for the service of others. And like you said, you seeing what you want, you would never want this on your worst enemy. You know, I mean... You should have seen some of the mouths drop on some of that stuff. I mean, understandably, because it was just extreme and you got through it and look at what's happening now. Like what you said in the last couple months, it's been a whirlwind in your dance career, in your personal life, in your business life of what has happened because of some of the mind shift things that started way back when. I mean, some of this stuff has not come into fruition until now. And you knew, and I, I like that, you knew that you just had to keep going. And some things were, like you said, some things are for a certain time and some things aren't. And you're now okay with that and moving forward. So thank you so much, Joey. Oh my gosh. Is there anything else you want to say? Um, it was it was a wonderful experience to do. And Renee and I talked about, you know, how different it makes you feel after it's all over with. And the thing I appreciated most about sharing is I'm, I'm never afraid to be candid. You know what I mean? Because I always feel like the more I can show people who I am, the more of an opportunity they're going to feel to feel comfortable to be themselves. I think that's one of the most important things for me. So if I told people that I grew up with extreme domestic violence, volatile violence, you know, if I had to endure things for self-abuse about being gay or trying to figure my inner turmoil out, or that I felt like I was consistently failing at so many things, it allows this other person to be like, oh my God, I felt that way too. And I thought I was the only one. So being able to show someone that they're not the only one going through that, and there is a way to come out of that, that's always so important to me. I'm glad it's done. But me and Renee were, no, 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 me and Renee were talking about it. And I was like, I don't want to do this. And, but it, it wasn't like, I don't feel like it. It was just like, I have no idea what's going to come out of me because I do it. But I trusted the same way I do when I put together dances and shows. Like it just takes one small piece of the vision. And the next thing you know, I just start barreling through it. And this, I would consider this like one of the coolest things I've ever actually done that didn't involve me dancing. Renee said, do I need to bring my shoes tomorrow? I said, no, we're not dancing. She goes, really? (laughs) And I'm like, no. And so I, but I'm so glad that nobody had to dance. They got something, they got to see a side of me that did not have to do with having to dance physically to get in touch with me, if that makes any sense. You know, moment people are only provided the opportunity to meet me because we're dancing, but this was different, you know? So I'm, I'm hoping any, any and everyone who came got something that was meant for them. That's all. I speak for myself. I got lots, <laughs> lots, like I said. Many, many episodes from this one workshop. Oh, my goodness. So we are going to be out, but I will link Joey's previous info in the show notes at AnnetteBone.com and uh, be on the lookout for, you want to say something else? I, I want to know, 
what title you're gonna give this. <laughs> I love, I, no, I love how you how you end up coming to these. I think it's fascinating. So I'm like, what, what is she gonna call it? Unfortunately, with Joey Cooper, is that what we're gonna call it? Can we call it episode number one seventy nine? Unfortunately, with Joey Cooper, that's the name I want. Okay. Are you serious? You know, it's funny you ask that, Joey, because sometimes I don't come up. I give myself time to marinate on the titles. Okay. I don't. Sometimes it comes very quickly. Other times I wake up in the morning. It's that's it. That's what it is. But I always thought that was so cool where you came up with your title. So I appreciate that. Thank you. I sometimes like anybody you second guess yourself. Like, is this supposed to be? A-? No. Well, let's just go for it. Like, you know, when Renee told me, yeah, I'm going to audition for Janet. And I'm like. And you, you should come with me. I'm like, um, I wasn't planning on it, but okay, out of the comfort zone. I'm so glad I did. And I'm so glad you talked about that too. Yeah. Oh, that, that was one of the best auditions I ever had. And I mean, from all the feedback that I got about how well I did, that was incredible. That was incredible. That whole experience. And then seeing what happened with Joey. I mean, that was, that wasn't the start, but that was like in the middle of all the stuff that was already in motion with what Joey's been experiencing with um, this whirlwind in his career and his business. It's just awesome. And I'm so thankful that I get to see this all come into fruition. And this is not, I mean, this is not even it. This is just the start. There's more to come. So anyway, check out um, Joey's information and he is available for private. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but he's seriously, if, you know, choreography, oh, yeah, that's, oh gosh, more stuff I want to say. Okay, separate episode, but he is available. So check him out, Instagram, I'll link everything. And uh, seriously, if you really want to make strides in your dance and in your mindset and just, oh my gosh, hire him. I can't recommend him enough. We're out. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on this session. Remember that you are valuable, your dreams are important, and it's never too late to be great. Thank you for listening. This has been a session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Find the archives of this show at annettebone.com slash podcast or on iTunes. Contact Annette at annettebone.com. This podcast copyright by annettebone.com and dancepreneuring.com. All rights reserved. The Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business.